Hello, newsies. Uh, welcome to uh, our second live. Working uh, the banner. <laughs> you got about three more of those for me, and then I'll stop. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm I am making the pun, so it, it only stands to you know that you would have to then acknowledge it. You did invite. Uh, it, I, I gotta right. say, yeah, I did. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> I was asking for it. Uh, look at what I was wearing. Um, so, uh, hey, everybody. Um, this is our second live edition of Get the Flick Out of Here, uh, where we talk about um, weird, wacky, mostly bad movies. Um, Time yeah. out right off the top. Are mm-hmm. you an Ambi Get the Flicker Out of Here? I feel no, like normally always, we do it in the same direction, I, but then I, I always, feel like... I, I always do it this Are way. You really? Okay. Maybe no, I'm the one that switches it up. No, I, I think I... I feel like I we do it in the same direction most times, but that time you did it this way. I did. I don't know why I felt like I wanted to do it that way. I don't know. Maybe things are just kind of weird today, Alex. Maybe they are. Maybe they're kind of odd. You know, maybe like, everything's may, a little maybe odd. Maybe everything seemed everything seemed normal for the first I don't know twenty minutes of this movie <laughs> I'm living in, and then everything went to absolute hell. Uh, we are reviewing uh, the movie uh, called Nothing But Trouble. Um. Uh, I don't. <laughs> um. It's uh It's a. It's a crazy movie. Um. It. Uh. It is written. The script was written, and it was directed by Dan Aykroyd. Of Ghostbusters, and many other things. The Blues Brothers. Right. Like I. What, what was the, the, the spy way one? The, I always forget the spy. One. Spies like us. Spies Like Us. Phenomenal. Also starring Chevy Chase, Caddyshack, um, National Lampoon's Vacation Series, um, Fletch, all kinds of amazing, all kinds of amazing 80s comedies, right? Um, Also starring John Candy, which is like the litany of all amazing, Uncle Buck, are you kidding me? Like, He's he's one of the greatest comedic actors of the 1980s. Also starring the most in-demand starlet of the early 90s, Demi Moore, who uh, who was part of the Brat Pack ancil- and an ancillary version part of the Brat Pack for the late 80s. Uh, like a year after this, she did A Few Good Men and her career absolutely took off. So you would think that like having all of that talent in front of and also behind the camera, that uh, that a that a that a movie like like this couldn't possibly be the most batshit insane thing you've ever seen in your life. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Um, uh, yeah, this this movie is ambitious, um, but is it is cursed by the fact that besides Dan Aykroyd, I don't think anybody really wanted to be in it. This is, that's the perfect outline. Um, Because I said right before we went on air, like I have so much more grace for a movie that takes a a huge risk and and creatively tries something and fails than I do something where I'm like, did you care when you spent millions of dollars that could have gone to starving families, to other films, whatever. This definitely attempted something. However, you immediately put it out and accurately put it out. 
it tried from the creative standpoint. None of the actors in this tried because they must have known that this was going to be a colossal failure. But there's got to be this thing, right, of... I'm sure they were paid well because what movie executive doesn't sign on for Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Demi Moore? I mean, my God, like she upsettingly pretty, first of all. But like th- this, to your point, was absolutely power packed. There's movies where that happens, where I feel like people, there'll be po- like power packed movies that rely on the stars. So they're bad because nobody else made an effort in any other way. But this one had a bunch of stars, had a really ambitious concept and also failed. So it's like, it's a, it's a very odd viewing experience for a lot of reasons, but um, yeah, it, it was bad, but there are at least elements of it that I can appreciate within the badness, as opposed to say a Theodore Rex, which I had very little positive things to say about um this uh this film was actually the brainchild of peter Aykroyd, dan's brother yeah he came up with the story right and then dan Aykroyd yeah. was and like i can r- take r- this and run with it wrote the script um some producer they knew wanted to take him wanted to be taken to a mo- to a movie but he had like a hernia or something and so he didn't want to go anywhere we would ha- he would laugh so they went to Hellraiser, the horror movie Hellraiser, 1987, and the crowd was laughing. And this is where, um, like, they weren't, you know, but like the crowd was like, "This is this is hilarious! Oh yeah, kill that guy!" You know, whatever. Um, and so uh, Dan Aykroyd had the idea. Well, what about a horror comedy? Um, and uh, so Peter Aykroyd came up with a story. Or Dan Aykroyd ran with it, but a lot of it was actually taken from an actual thing that happened to Dan Aykroyd in 1978, where he was pulled over for speeding in the middle of the night in a rural area and taken to the local Justice of the Peace to stand trial at like two in the morning. And the Justice of the Peace um, ended up like giving him a fine or everything, but also invited him to tea. And he sat there for four hours and talked to the Justice of the Peace in this little town, this elderly, this is the JP in northern New England somewhere. And so that was his experience that he said, well, what if we did that? But it also made it really, really, really weird. Um, And so there you go. Because this did not read as horror comedy. This read as... (coughs) It it never figured itself out. Like this felt like the... Comedy piece of it was like a watered down Mel Brooks in some ways, and mm-hmm. then the yeah, well, we'll get into it, but mm-hmm. it didn't. If they were going for horror comedy, that didn't right. really come across because it well, wasn't horror, horror enough. I, I guess yes, the whole thing is it was it was it was a horror comedy, but it was ninety percent comedy, ten percent horror. Like there's Which doesn't a, there's work. A, there's a crazy, crazy guy who basically rules with an iron fist over a tiny town in the coal country of Pennsylvania. Um, and anybody he doesn't like, he sentences to death via roller coaster. And, um, and he may have done this to thousands of people. And, and 
the state attorney general knows about it. Spoiler alert, and is okay with it. Totally like fun. so, you you can you can make that. Maybe not with the roller coaster thing. Maybe with just sentenced to death, you know, uh, via guillotine or something. Um, uh, you can make that into a horror comedy with more horror in it, because then you would make the whole thing of oh my god, we were able to escape, but everybody we should be trusting to do something about this is actually cool with it. That's like not a throwaway gag at the very end of the movie. It's the last half of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, and a, a good framework for telling a story of like anybody that I would use as a resource is in on, on this. How right. the hell do I get out? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's how the whole thing started. Um, Chevy Chase did not like the script. No. And he took his leading role because he, he, his buddy was Dan Aykroyd. Um, uh, so he, um, he thought maybe yeah. like if you don't like it don't take the part because it didn't serve the film to have him not try in the well, movie <laughs> he thought they could he thought they could just improvise a better script than his buddy's script and Fair. his buddy was like and his buddy was like no i wrote the script this is the script this is what the script and so is. and so that became like a falling out between dan and Corey. He was like hey um I, I love working with you dude uh i can't wait to work with you it's going to be great your script is trash so how about we improvise a brand new script? And the friend is like, but I, I wrote the script. I, so the script isn't trash because I wrote it. So you're going to say all the lines because you signed on to be on my movie. And, you know, there you go. That's, that's how a falling out can happen. Um, they were in Spies Like Us together, which is a, it's a, it's a, a di- very different movie. But uh, I would say, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird, but, but good. Spies mm-hmm. Like Us yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> um, so here, here let, let's let's again. This is one of those movies that uh, that starts out like as one movie and becomes a different movie. Yes, but um, I also is, am out on the premise from um, immediately with Demi Moore being extremely hot and successful, but not having a car. But go ahead. It's Manhattan. <laughs> so I okay. I, can, I, can I allow that. I allow Manhattan because honestly, if you live in Manhattan, you shouldn't need a car, especially if you're wealthy, because then you can just like call a car service. You know what I mean? Like whatever. And like, this came out in the in 1991. 91. Okay, so New York wasn't like killing it. <laughs> well, like no, like very possible your car could get jacked or stolen. True. Um. So. And also, New Yorkers never leave. Like, there's a point where Chevy Case has, a, has like, "Hey, I've had this car for two years, never been out of Manhattan." Right. If you everything you could possibly want is in Manhattan, so nobody. Or ever you're like, taking a plane. Or right. you're taking a plane. Yeah. No, like nobody's like, "I'm gonna go for a day trip." Um, yeah. So anyway, um, the movie starts with Ray Charles singing "The Good Life," um, which is over like a beautiful nighttime skyline of. New York City. This movie intentionally misleads you into being it's it's about something else. But I, I always feel like this is a problem for for what I do, which is whenever I start doing one of these things, I start introducing our episode as though nobody watching this episode has any idea what we're about to talk about. But of right. course you do. It's in the thumbnail. It's in the title of the thing. We promoted it all week. Um, this movie is like, what if somebody sat down in the theater? Knew it starred 
Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Demi Moore, but knew nothing else about this movie. How long could we trick them into thinking it was a regular Manhattan set comedy? Um, and I was like, you can't do that, though, because there's a trailer that shows Dan Aykroyd wearing a lot of prosthetics and eating a hot dog. Like, it's there's a lot of weird stuff in the movie that you've shown already. Um, but it does, it is determined to make you think that it doesn't, that it's something else. You also can't, I don't want to say can't, because you can do anything, but it's, I think, a lot more challenging when you're already doing a horror comedy to then also flip it. Like, if you're already blending two genres that are kind of polar opposites ambitiously, to then also add this element of leading you down this path, nope, it's actually this gets so convoluted because they didn't even have control of the first piece of what I said. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> um, we, we see a guy pull, uh, pull up in a limo, uh, smoking a cigar to a, to a high rise in the upper West side or something. And, uh, and there's a guy who, who, who shows up. He's, um, He's uh, the the valet slash head doorman type guy for this building. Um, he's very Irish. Mr. Tarn. Welcome here, Mr. Tarn. His name is Chris Thorne. Mr. Tarn. Um, uh, this is Peter Aykroyd. Peter Aykroyd played the Irish uh, I- Irish doorman, Mike. Um, um, uh, is somebody throwing a party? Well, you are Mr. Tarn. Uh, and this is this is the beginning of... Is Chevy Chase doing a bit with how disinterested he is? Because, <laughs> because he's like the whole like I guess the idea being like he's being coquettish, like he knows he's throwing a party, but he's so bored about everything in this film except for like the most high stakes stuff that um that you think maybe the character forgot that he leased out his penthouse apartment to people he barely knew to throw a party. You know what I mean? Just the way yeah. he's like, no, someone throw throwing a party? Well, you are Mr. Darn. Am I? I don't remember that. <laughs> I mean, like, like it, that, that kind of a thing is very odd. But um, but he's like, uh, hey, that stock tip you gave me, says Mike, it really paid off. Me and the missus were so happy. He's like, all right, well, now I'll give you another tip. Sell it. Um, so what he is, is he's, I think he used to be a stockbroker. Yes. But now, now he, he keeps saying, I'm in financial publishing. He publishes a newsletter that tells you what stocks to buy and sell. Um, and that apparently makes him obscenely wealthy. So I'm assuming he made all of his fortune in the stock market and continues to keep playing the stock market while also adding this income of selling stock tips to people. He's like um, the mad money guy, but with a newsletter. Right. As opposed to a show where he rolls his sleeves up way too high and yells, and yells at you. <laughs> um uh so uh anyway I have no idea how I like why the mad money guy was even in my brain, much less close enough at the surface to pull out of this. Is, well, I'm honestly it, impressed with myself. Jim Kramer. The only thing I remember him about him is how um is how uh, John Stewart murdered him on live television in an interview. Oh. Um so he um yeah, he as he's going up to the elevator. Well, he doesn't actually want to catch the elevator with um, with certain people, so he fakes not doing it. And then 
because uh, he didn't want to he didn't want to go with him, with normies. Um, he's also holding a bunch of mail that he got from Mike the doorman, and then in comes Demi Moore with two dogs. Um, and she walks in, and um, they get into the, the the thing together, and she starts crying. Like, I think it's Demi Moore is like, "Hey, cry!" But like, cry really big and over the top, so everyone thinks it's a comedy. And Demi Moore, God bless her, hadn't reached that part of her acting chops yet. Um, and nobody had to ask her to stretch or you know, given her acting classes. So, um, but also, uh, what film was she in? Like, how know, was she supposed to know how to cry? Correlate to this film. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, Chevy Chase is concerned, but also because he thinks he can get into her pants. Uh, this is. Uh, I'll also bring this up now. Chevy Chase is fifty. Demi Moore is thirty in this thing, and the mm. the age difference is palpable. And uh, uh, certainly doesn't matter to Chevy Chase because he's a skeevy dude. But should matter to Demi Moore, but apparently that she's like into that because the, the, the say, boyfriend she just broke up with was also way older than her. I it does feel like they're kind of playing into the stereotype of like hot young girl and older rich guy. Right. But like it to me, this red as Demi Moore like also has her own right, like she has she's her got- own successful fortune. So I feel like yes, usually those sugar baby situations are supposed to be like. She's, um, people not, latching onto old that, dudes for money so they can take their right. fortune when they die. Yeah, um, which is fine, except for like it feels like more like daddy issues, uh, and it, which is a weird thing. Um, anyway, so uh, so she starts crying, and the only thing that stops her from crying, she's carrying also an espresso maker and uh, a little bag of dog poo uh, within there with the, with the dogs. Um, she sees a. A, a, like a, a legal brief or something that is she's that is that Chevy Chase is carrying about somebody named Howard Suntz who's buying some property in the Poconos. Uh, and she's a, that son of a bitch. And she gives him the bag of poop and the special maker and then takes the, the, the thing. She's reading it and and her thing stops. Oh, he inv- has already invited her up to have a drink at his party. Um, and uh, so then she, the elevator stops. She gets out with the dogs, uh, but takes the thing from him, like leaves with it. And he goes, hey, uh, I'll be in the paint house if you change your mind about that drink. Thanks for the espresso maker and the bag of shit. Uh, and um, as she goes into her apartment, lavishly furnished, and gets on the phone to Howard Sunce's secretary's office. Um, you'd think he would tell me about this major thing. I'm only his lawyer. Like, uh, Mr. Suns gave explicit instructions not to be disturbed. I don't care whatever your professional or personal relationship is. It This has nothing to do with my personal relationship with Howard. I am his lawyer. I am, This is all about my professional reputation and blah, blah, blah. And we still have no idea who the fuck Howard Suns is or, nope. or uh, what, what, the, what the land deal is. And guess what? We never find out. Nope. Not really. Like, why this was a problem. Like the the fact that the inciting incident to get all of these people into this place where they can be pulled over by a cop and taken to the justice of the peace who happens to be a crazy murdering 98-year-old. Like the fact that all of that happens only because of this thing, and we never find out what this thing is, 
is kind of frustrating, but I, I believe the movie does it intentionally. Like it, 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 it here's the thing that you're never going to find out. It's a MacGuffin. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Like who's who's Howard Sutton? Okay. Does it matter? No. Like, and the thing of it is, is like, it, it, it's a choice. Okay, I respect that you chose to do that, but it was a bad choice because the whole time I was like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Again, I should mention, this movie came out in 1991. I saw it first when I was 12 years old. It was a PG-13 movie. Um, I should, I didn't know what I was watching. It was like one of those things of like videotape in the VCR, parents go and do other things. Um, I'm watching it and I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this. And also my eight-year-old brother right over there shouldn't be watching it either. <laughs> Mom! Like, I, this is... Um, what a good kid. Would, yeah. Uh, no, I was just like, I was like, um, and I didn't do that, but I, I was like, because I was like, I should be watching this. This is awesome. Hey, you, close your eyes. Yeah, that's... Um, um, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so anyway. Um, uh, but the idea w- was that I, I also saw it and I remembered it being good because I was 12. And because it was wild and crazy and, you know, uh, that translates to good. Um, um, so uh, <clears throat> when I re- recommended it to people in my 20s, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is great. We should all sit together and watch this movie. And I was like, I'm sorry. Everybody. I am so sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I, I probably caught parts of it on cable since then a couple of times. But it's the sec- first time I've I've sat down as a fully formed adult and watched this movie from beginning to end, um, and and I was struck by how much detail they put into this whole opening stuff, knowing it's entirely throwaway doesn't matter at all. You know what I mean? Um, and there were gags, just vocal gags in there that I didn't never picked up on. Um, that I was like, oh, that's funny because they, 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 there's the there's brother and sister investors who are from Brazil, and he calls them Brazilianaires, yes. which I think is very, very cute. Um, uh, there's just like stuff that I would not have picked up on before, but I, 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 I did this time. Um, so she's dating Howard Suns, Demi Moore is, or at least was, no longer, but also his lawyer, which I feel like is a conflict of interest. Um, and she's not worried about it on a personal level that Howard Suns is buying up this lake in the Poconos. Um, she's worried about it on a professional level, but in what capacity we never find out. So, um, she says to to the secretary, you know what, why am I even talking to you? Just tell Suns I'm coming down there. Um, which sounds like now, but actually means tomorrow at some point, who knows? Um, so she goes to the penthouse party, which is full of people, um, and to see a Chevy Chase, uh, and um, and she gives back the folder or whatever, and they start talking about Howard Suns. I don't know why you like how was you with Howard Suns guy. She could, at a point she say, "I'm his lawyer," because immediately uh, Chevy Chase suspects that they're dating. romantic. Yeah, and she, you know, I'm his lawyer, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm concerned about it. Um, but, uh, we find out that what he does is he buys up lakes and fills them with toxic waste or something. So is she an environmental lawyer? Like, does this, is she worried this might make him look bad? Is she more of a publicist than a lawyer? Like there's like, 
that she just has to stop Howard Suns from buying this lake. Um, and he's going to announce that he's buying the lake at a big thing in Atlantic City the next day. So she convinces Chris Thorne, Chevy Chase, to drive her to um, to Atlantic City tomorrow so she can intervene and stop Howard Suns from announcing that he's buying a lake in the Poconos to fill with toxic waste. Like, I'm glad that she would stop him from doing that, but I still don't understand why it's so pressing. Like, I, it was just a weird thing. Like, it was like, hey, uh, uh, yes, don't do that. But also, anybody would say don't do that. Why is it like... Anyway. This is what made it feel to me... Well, two things. This is what, to me, made it feel like where you were like, they did this swerve where it was an entirely different movie. To me, it didn't feel intentional because of that. Like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It became an entirely different movie, and we don't really know why they're going there. Like that, that didn't feel on mm-hmm. purpose to me. I could certainly see how you, you could see it that way, but right. to me, I, I, it was too much of a left turn to like really get back on board with. And I also just laughed because it was right around this point in the movie where I was like, "You have Chevy Chase. This is nineteen ninety one. You have Chevy Chase. Tell me more." And then the rest of this movie is what you choose to do with them. It's like the two people yeah. that are getting in a car and going on an yeah. adventure. Like yeah. the amount of money with Demi Moore in 1991 Chevy Chase. My goodness. Yeah. Um, Before you even get the, to John Candy and, and John right. and Aykroyd and yeah, Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Um, the budget was estimated at $40 million. It did not make that back. It didn't make it back, but they did use... I mean, when we get into the aesthetics of the rest of this movie, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel, like, almost unwarranted with the star power. No, 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 no. Star power, but, like, the art... It's it's the art direction. Like, yes. there's a thing... Is Apparently, like, um, the, the crew would throw, like, crazy stuff at Dan Aykroyd. Like, what if we did this? Dan Aykroyd was like, yes. Every time. Mr. Bone Stripper, the roller coaster that murders people was not in the original script. Somebody on the crew had the idea, what if we built this? And Aykroyd was like, do it, build it. And because Dan Aykroyd was Dan Aykroyd, the studio was like, yeah, you need an extra $300,000 to, yeah, to, like- to build a roller coaster that eats people? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, go ahead. Um, and I, we'll make it back. I mean, it's Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, John Candy, and Dan Aykroyd. How could this movie not make it back? They, it made eight. It made eight million dollars. It, it cost forty million dollars. It made eight. Oh, that hurts. It kind. It kind of ruined Dan Aykroyd's career. Um, like he didn't really recover, recover from fully it. from it. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> we also meet in here, um, Fausto and God, I don't remember Renata, Fausto and Renato Squirinizu. Which this sounds like somebody trying to make a funny last name. It doesn't actually sound like a real thing. Um, it does, but are... Fausto pops me because of Fausto. Fa- 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 Fausto's great. Fausto's great. Um, uh, Fausto and Renata is wonderful. Squirnizu is weird. It should be. It's so that the, the judge. There's a gag where the judge can't pronounce her, their names. They are Brazilian. They are incredibly wealthy, brother and sister. Um, and they've decided you are going to Atlantic City tomorrow. We will come with you. Um. Uh, no. No. It's 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 fine. We it would be too early. You guys don't get up until like two p.m. No, we will meet you. Um. 
So uh, they are Brazilian, which means they speak Portuguese. Correct. But they don't. They of speak course. Spanish in this movie. And, uh, and I wonder if it's like a thing like the the actors spoke Spanish and it would take forever to get them to like speak Portuguese in that way correctly. So let's just, eh, whatever. Or if they didn't realize that Brazilians spoke Portuguese and not Spanish in this, when they wrote the whole thing out. I don't know. Um, it was a I feel like they were like, a, eh, Americans are dumb. It's a yeah, hybrid. Fair. It's close enough. Americans <laughs> Mer- 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 are dumb. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, see, now I, 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 I had no idea about this. I didn't actually see uh, Bill Murray in there, uh, anywhere. So if he's in there, really? I, I, missed, I'm, I missed it. Maybe uh, he you, was supposed to have a spoken role and that suddenly switched to a silent mm-hmm. role when you read the script. No. The chat is no. also like a lot of people saying they have a soft spot for this movie. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's not a miserable watching experience. It's just not a good movie. So I, I definitely understand having either a nostalgic attachment or just being like, it's bad, but I like it anyway. Because um, it's it's still in some ways a really fun watch. But if you want yeah. to send a chat to KYN Chats or Super Chat, right. we can mm-hmm. read your specific stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We are live, baby. We're live. <clears throat> um, so he, the the joke in there is that uh, she wants a drink. He gives her a scotch. She barely touches it. He's drinking a drink. I believe it's a mixed drink of some kind. I don't know what it is. Um, but he takes a sip of the wrong drink after she walks out of the room. And he goes, ah, spits it out. Um, so whatever he was drinking wasn't that strong. Because he took her scotch and was whatever. So like, it... then the well, next morning. She's mor- a then... power woman with a right. power career. So she drinks scotch. And I totally get it. But the next morning. <laughs> He is hungover as hell. <laughs> so did he switch in that moment from drinking uh, Jack and Cokes to just uh, straight up scotch? And that's why the next day he's completely hungover. Or is he incredibly a lightweight? He might be. He's 50. So It's true. It's true. true. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, <laughs> um, so they get... So she, he's, he says to Mike, hey, can you please uh, tell this woman, Diane Lightson, um, that I can't drive her. I'm, I'm sick. I gotta, I gotta, I'm tired. I gotta go to bed. And then she comes uh, downstairs wearing a, uh, this little mini skirt suit number, uh, all in white. And they're like, oh, hello, hello, hubba, 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 gazunga, gazunga, wop, wop, wah. They're, they're, they're doing the, yeah. The cartoon eyes that the, pop out of your head. The, yep. oh, and, God, and, yeah. and, the, and the tongue that unfurls and rolls <laughs> 17 feet in front of you. Um, and, yeah. And so she's like, hey, give me the keys, Mike. And so they go. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vintage Beamer from the, like maybe the 70s or something. Um uh, and um, inside, he's got a car phone and a, um, a a navigation system, which I don't know how like was how prevalent in 1991. Um, the graphics are from like original Nintendo; they're very very choppy. <laughs> the graphics on this little thing. Um, Alex, explain I, to the good people what a car phone was, because there's a whole generation that has no oh, idea. No, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a landline phone in your car. 
like it's it's like because it has like a, a the the actual actual like little the curly Q phone cord that goes to it, and you'd you'd call it and you did 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 hello. Um, that's what you would do with your car phone. Um, did you ever yeah, have so a car phone? No. We had no. one, but we never used it. But my dad would like pretend he was a pilot with it. It was pretty rad. Nice. So, just a fun fact, wow. but we can continue with the movie now. Nice. No. no <laughs> Um, uh, so they are driving on the freeway, uh, with, oh, sorry, they're about to leave, but then, oh, here come the Squirinizus, Fausto and Renata, they're insisting on coming with them, they brought all these bags, um, and they're in the car and they're driving on the freeway, um, and they get on the Jersey Turnpike, and they start saying, uh, we, we brought you this, this wonderful picnic, um, uh, we should stop somewhere uh, out of go, go onto the countryside, and we should have a wonderful picnic. Um, you do not want to do anything we want to do. You are a terrible <laughs> host. Um, and so they start. She, Demi Moore starts do, using the sat nav, the, na- the navigation thing, and um, and she's like, "Oh, look! There's a little thing we could get off here, and it goes through the. It should be beautiful river scenery, and we'll go through all this thing, and then it can get right back on here. It shouldn't take us too far out of our way." And so they get off on that exit. Oh, he says, uh, countryside. This is what does he say? The Jersey Vania Triangle. <laughs> There's nothing but uh, burned out coal towns and and uh, and uh, toxic waste dumps and all these things. Uh, and they're like, come on, let's do it anyway. It's like, okay, I just gave you an exact reason why we shouldn't, but all right, sure. Um, and so they're driving th- through bad areas. And they go, they say, welcome to Vulcanvania. And there's a big sign that has uh, a man, uh, it's an artist rendition of a man dead laying on the ground um, with a sheet over him. And uh, two, like, 1950s cars that have collapsed and crashed into each other head on. And um, uh, and all, uh, and then the, the cop is there holding a baby who is now apparently fatherless. And says he should have obeyed the law. And the, <laughs> the cops smiling, um, and so that's that gives you an idea of what they're doing. So they're driving through this thing, and the town is like does not be appear to be in very good shape. There are like uh, people sitting on their porches in a horrible um, uh, health, and then there's a, a couple of bikers, and I feel like the bikers are a, are a are a bad choice for this because we, we find out what they do to anybody who is against the, it does anything against the law in any way. Those guys, I feel like would have been killed off by now. That's a good point. There are no local bikers in this town. Maybe it's uh, a mob it, thing. Maybe they're like in their pocket. May, yeah. Maybe they could be, uh, uh, just, you know, passing through. We'll see. Um, uh, N S O gray. NS Ogre, N Sogre. Uh, thank you so much for the donation. Thanks for writing, Lieutenant. I am not sure there is a day I don't watch at least one of you. Aww. Love and health to you both. Thank you so That's much. So that sweet. is that is. Thank you for the awesome. support. Thank you. That really that means a lot. Okay, so they're driving through this town. They're trying to get through the town <clears throat> to get back on the little country highway, and um, Chevy Chase does a California roll. Uh, through a stop sign, um, uh, he he rolls through a stop sign, turns right. Um, a brief, brief little interlude. 
in my town that I moved to, very a, a, a town about ten thousand people in Illinois, there is a, a, a road that it, you're driving down it, and they come to the end of the road, and the only thing you can do is turn right. There's you can't turn left. There is no left. There is no straight. You can only turn right, and there's a stop sign, a, a stop sign, and then if you were coming from the other way, you can only turn left. You can't turn right. You can't turn. You can't go straight. You can only turn left. So it is a. It is a. Just a. It's a very sharp curve, basically a ninety degree curve. There is a stop sign and a stop sign. Now. A yield, fine. A slow, okay. But everyone in this town comes to a full stop and then turns right. And the people who are come to a full stop and then turn left. And God bless them for being careful. But um, I come from an area where, like, you will roll through any kind of stop sign. So I'm always like, what are we doing here, people? So I would absolutely be pulled over in this town. Yes, um, same. Uh, like if I come to a stop sign and I turn left and there's nobody coming, we're just, this is just basically slow down while you move through the intersection. So that's what he does. And there's a a cop who sees him do that and follows him out of town. Now they've gone through the town. They're out in the countryside. It is actually kind of beautiful in this part of, of the area. And, um, they are having a picnic in the back seat. They're passing various Brazilian cheeses from the back seat to the front seat um, and then we, they notice that there is a cop following them. Um, and so then Fausto says, uh, why, no, why are you pulling over? Some provincial cop, man. Uh, I thought this was a good car. Can't you, can't you outrun him? Um, and the lawyer in this, in the passenger, he's like, well, I probably shouldn't say anything. I'm just going to sit here and not do anything. And then, um, Jim says like, uh, like, Hey, let's see if we can, this, we, we can make this bitch do 90 says Fausto. It's like 90. This thing is going to do 130. All right, let's go. Let's outrun the cop. And I feel like that's a that's a that's a choice you shouldn't make. Just in most cases, especially just you know, hey, what where where do we have to go? Um, where do we have to go? Uh, we have to go to Atlantic City. We have to be there in like four hours. It's a two hour drive from here. Um, uh, let's we got to get out of here. Hey, uh, is there anything illicit in the car that we ca- we can't have the cops find? No, no. Okay, all right, good. Though so you're just outrunning a cop for sport. Now, if Fausto had said, um, "No, you, we can't let the cops pull us over. I've got two keys of coke in the back." Like, then there's a reason to try and outrun the cop. At this point, it was just like joyriding, and again, you are a. It, a obscenely wealthy 50-year-old man. Are we joyriding to get away from cops? It was just a very odd thing. And um, if you never take your car out, I feel like in that circumstance you are way more scared than you are like likely to drive off. Like if you're someone who was driving from Manhattan and you never really take your car out, you are like probably way more paralyzed with fear than you are gunning it. But when you have that much money, you can just pay off anyone, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, this wasn't I like guess. very justified. No, but they 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 they're running from him. But um, uh, the person in the car uh, flips a switch that um, turns on the Nas, and so this is like a, a late model, like very long Buick type uh, police car from like the late seventies, and it's got Nas in it. And so <laughs> uh, he flips another switch, which 
causes a, 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 a like a sign to close in the middle of the road detour this way. And so he has no choice but to turn right really fast. Um, uh, and um, so they are on a dirt road. There's all kinds of giant trucks moving gravel out of a quarry. And uh, they finally, uh, the, we have uh, John Candy's voice on the loudspeaker of the cop saying, sir, these trucks owns the, own this road. These speeds are not advisable on this road, sir. <laughs> um, and so they have to, they weaving in and out of giant trucks and they finally get uh, stopped by a lady cop pointing uh, an M16 rifle at them uh, it, with her car parked across the thing. Um uh, Ryan Sullivan says, I have lived in New Jersey a long time. Some may say my whole life. I cannot figure what the hell they thought of when they thought New Jersey. Um, it, it, I believe they, they, it was like a, a shorthand. Um, this town is based on an actual place in Pennsylvania uh, called Centralia, Pennsylvania, which has nobody living in it now. Used to have thousands of people living there. It doesn't have anybody living there now. Uh, because uh, it had coal mines underneath the town, and uh, and those ran dry uh, sometime in the 30s, but the, they're still down there. Like the, the, basically, the earth is hollow underneath Centralia, Pennsylvania. And also, well, the coal mining thing went belly up. How are we going to bring industry to our town? I know. We'll just make all the outskirts of town a landfill. So they they put in like they people will come in there and they dump garbage and and like oh our landfills filling up how are we going to get rid of the garbage um, uh, so that we can put more garbage there I know let's light it on fire so they let lip, they they would just do this and apparently like those all those little cracks into the mines underneath one of them wasn't sealed up and some of the fire leaked down there and a fire was burning under the town for like 15 years before anybody noticed. And then once they noticed, they were like, oh, well, this whole thing's going to just, um, so uh, they, That's everyone crazy. moved out of the town. There were like a thousand people left in the town. Um, and then they found the fire. Uh, and then everyone had to move. Yeah. So, um, so that's yeah, like so living that's... on top of a volcano almost or something like that's nuts. There's right. just a fire below the town. And yeah. did they reveal the name of this town yet? No, they have yeah, Vulcanvania. Vulcanvania feels like yes. the most, um, smooshed, spooky town in Pennsylvania area. Like, if it's not Transylvania, it's Vulcanvania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I like that. I like the name of it. <clears throat> Uh, Michael Dammit says, as a son of a man that was a police officer in his lifetime, you can outrun a cop, but you can't outrun their radios if you know you know. <laughs> That's true. There you go. That's true. Um, so uh, John Kenny pulls him over. Uh, driver, step out of the car, please, sir. Um, and he's polite but firm about everything. Do I, why, uh, was I speeding? Uh, you were speeding, sir, but that's not why I pulled you over. You failed to uh, pause uh, at, a, at, a, at a stop sign. Uh, did I? I just I can't I I I forget. Um, and again, you don't know if Chevy Chase is doing a bit or just can't remember whether or not his character did this. Um, and um, oh, by the way, like I should mention, 
Chevy Chase is full of snark. Like this is coming from me, but like everything that he says is like a cutting remark about everybody. Um, like he, they drive, they drive past the, um, uh, the bikers and he's one of them is somebody. And the other guy's Mr. Clean cause he's bald and they just get, they, just, they you know, whatever. Yeah. Just like not helping himself out in any sense. No, 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 no. Um, oh, also when, when they get pulled over, he looks around and everyone's like, Oh, I get it. So it's only my fault. We ran for the cops. Not everybody telling me to do it. Um, and anyway, so uh, so you will you will uh, I'm willing to let the speeding slide if you'll you'll feel follow me to the to the to the Reeve um, who will, will will have you processed and whatever you pay a fine and, and, and the thing and um, so uh, I don't think they should let the speeding slide. No, that seems like the way bigger offense it does it doesn't (laughs) it it does seem like the way bigger offense and also it should be like making like the i would be i was willing to pull you over and give you a warning for the rolling through a stop sign thing but you ran from you ran from the and so the choice to do the deliberately illegal act as opposed to i made a mistake by rolling through a stop sign and no cop was there that should be the thing that he's punished for because that, like, that's just, that goes back to, like, Aesop's fables and stuff. Like, you made a bad choice, you get punished for it. Like, that's a thing that we should just, like, I don't know. Um, it was weird that he said, I'll let that slide. Um, but this was but, about the end game, too, right? Like, this right. was not about, yeah. Like, no. we'll get rid of the bigger penalty was kind of how I took that, like. Right. Sure. If you'll, um, if you'll come meet the justice. They're they're driving to um to go meet the justice. Um and they they go through um a, a like a drawbridge. Um and um if you look in the rearview mirror, the drawbridge that now is up says enjoy your stay, but it because in the mirror somebody would have had to have painted it backwards. Um, it's a very specific way of like, like you know, screwing over people. There's also all kinds of like toasters and appliances and uh, all over he goes, the place. Look at it all is, the toasters. It's a <laughs> junkyard. Uh, there's all this weird like um, steel sculptures and stuff. There's like a moat with like shards of metal in it and a big dragon sculpted out of steel. Um, and they get all the way in there. And those types um, of aesthetics are where the film is good. Right. Like, yeah. those they, looked really, like, out of place, but, like, organic to the town. It didn't look like a bunch of props scattered. So that was that was one of the cooler things in it, for sure. They they built this whole set on a Warner Brothers lot. The, 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 um, the, the old um, school and justice, justice house or whatever from 1898, it says. Um... And so they, they go inside there, and uh, <clears throat> the lady cop leads him in there uh, with, with their, and, and John Candy's there, and then um, uh, give all the licenses and registration and everything like that to John Candy. And then, okay, um, the Honorable Alvin V. Valkenheiser presiding, and there's this weird, like, parade music that plays through, like, a gramophone. 
and a chair raises up out of the the floor behind this big huge desk there's a bunch of like legal books in front of him um and uh and it's a re- uh, all right give me their report cards and uh, all these other, other, other things and whatever notes from the teacher um and uh, uh it's like here you go just uh, just uh judge lists the, the thing it was like i recommend fine bond and release what do you actually want to do for a break of a pie uh and uh so he's like uh, uh so what do you what do you do um i'm in financial publishing oh you're a banker no sir not a banker i'm in financial publishing you're a banker <coughs> um and so chevy chase is uh talking back to a guy he can't even see um, and finally, uh, he stands, and it's Dan Aykroyd in an incredible amount of old age makeup. With a penis <coughs> dose. Well, yes, but you don't notice that until later in the, um, yeah, until later in the in the in the movie. But yes, his nose his nose apparently has been like grafted. Uh, uh, the the head of a penis on his. I noticed it here. <laughs> Did you? I feel like I think it was here. I was just like that nose. No, it's it. The nose. The nose is the nose is the nose is. You are supposed to notice it in the close up at the dining room table. It gets it gets blue chew a little bit right. down the line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. It. Yeah. So uh, he he. Uh, he yells at him, and then he does hula hula hula, a bula bula bula. Uh, he does some weird thing, and this is where it's like, okay, Dan, this is your own movie, but take it down a notch, pal. Like it was just this thing of like, this is where the know, movie switched into being a different movie, like this, completely different movie. Yep, this felt very. I don't know. It it felt watered down Mel Brooks to me in a lot of ways from. From this point on, um, yeah, but like, it got it got real weird. It got it yeah. became like slapsticky almost or something. Like it was just so off base yeah. from yeah. everything that it felt like they were right. trying to build out. Well, uh, Chevy Chase keeps arguing with him about like we got places to be. This is America. Well, like let us pay our fine and we'll move. We'll move on. Um, I mean, I feel like you could probably do a couple of days jail time for. Avoiding the cops in such a flagrant manner, but um, but they did say they would let that part slide. So if that isn't being let, let let slid, then he should be able to pay a fine from rolling through a stop sign and, and move on. But but he's also incredibly disrespectful to the judge, who has the power to do whatever he wants. Apparently, um, so uh, Demi Moore is very angry with him and trying to like plead to the judge or whatever. Um, he's like, oh, hi, you're your lawyer, hey? Eh? We we should speak to spend some time together. Uh, like, I, I'd like that. Would you? Um, <laughs> it's just Dan Aykroyd is having an absolute blast directing himself 100%. in a movie where he could be whatever the hell he wants. Um, it 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 is it is it is a man god mad with power. Um, uh, it is is it's very fun to watch him be crazy and everyone else be like. Dan, I don't know what movie we're making. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's fine. Watch me do a dance. It's it's so weird. I, I got a penis on the end of my nose. It's amazing. Hey. Um, anyway, uh, so 
um, they he's like, okay, you're going to be held with bond until tomorrow when we'll do another one of these meetings or whatever. And then they hit a, he hits a, a a a button on his desk and the floor drops out and they fall uh, in uh, down into the basement, but they land on a couple thousand rubber duckies. Yeah, it's real weird. Um, and so that's where they're in, they're in holding. John Candy is does not like this at all, and 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 talks to the to the judge about it. It's like you're my grandson, but I'm going to write you out of the will. So that's how you find out like that's the their their relationship. Oh, I think in this first one, we we this first meeting, we also find out that uh, Judge Alvin V. Valkenheiser uh, served in WW one. Uh, yes. Which I thought was was like, oh my god, that makes him so old. And I re- forgot the movie came out in 1991. So technically, like if he was a teenager, which a lot of boys were in World War One, then he'd be like 97, 98, which is like possible. You know what I mean? Like 90, little like but maybe he's maybe not older. In his 90s, like he doesn't right. seem like he's in his 90s here. Right, right. Um, but like the the idea of it is 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 po- possible. Um, like if you made a movie now and you said this this character said I served in World War One, you'd be like, well, I don't, no. I don't think that's that tracks uh, uh, math wise. Um, but <clears throat> so they're down there and they're trying to find a way out. Demi Moore's very angry with Chevy Chase and the Square Nizus. Uh, or as Dan Eckward pronounces it, squeezies, 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 squeezeries, squeeze. That's the whole joke. That's why you gave them that last name so that Dan Eckward could say squeezies. That's literally it. That's it. Um, so they're down there and they're trying to like, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out what we're going to do. Then cut to Daniel Baldwin. Driving a, a, a very fast sports car with uh, two hot ladies in it and another guy. And they're obviously high on every kind of drug, no demand. And uh, they get pulled over by... Now, these guys just pull over immediately. Yes. Because, you know, because what do we got to hide? I mean, aside from all of the drugs and weapons we're carrying. Um, like Chevy Chase, we're going to outrun this cop for no reason. These guys... Nah, we'll, no. just, we'll just pull over. It's fine. Okay. Um, uh, so they get pulled over, um, and uh, the guy pulls a gun on John Candy, who knocks the gun away and produces a much larger gun. Uh, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't kill me, uh, he says. Uh, and uh, so they impound the car. Like, oh, they also say that your car, um, we don't have a phone. You can't call out of here, they say. To Chevy Chase. Like, well, I have a phone in my car. Your car's been impounded. They've been in the building for 45 seconds. The car's been <laughs> impounded. Um, uh, but anyway, this is where we see what happens to people who are not the protagonists of our movie. Right. This is a good, this is a good little uh, option for us to show them. So they get in there and they, uh, they're saying... <clears throat> um, they talk to the judge. Uh, they laugh at the judge because the judge is old and looks weird. Um, they're all supposed to be really high on coke, but they all they all laugh like they're on pot. So maybe it's both. I'm not sure. Um, and so at one point, like uh, they're like, we have found all these drugs on them and all these weapons or whatever. And so the the judge has a little scene with them and then says, okay, I hereby sentence you all to death. 
and they all laugh. I don't know. Um, then he hits another button, and what, what used to be a trap door is now a conveyor belt, which takes them out a side door, drops them onto another conveyor belt, and a hair metal song starts. Mr. Bone Stripper! I don't know, like, I guess that's playing over the loudspeaker. So this is the name of a, it's a little conveyor belt that takes them up on a roller coaster over here like this. And then it spits them out onto a conveyor belt, which takes them through like chomping metal teeth and grindy stuff. And then spits out a bunch of bones at the end. Uh, and there's a big thing on it that says Mr. Bone Stripper. Um, so again, this is, this is my sickness. Immediately I go, so wait a minute. Did, did he, did he commission a song about his roller coaster that eats people? Because it's a very specific song to Mr. Bone Stripper. Or did he name did he name the roller coaster that eats people after the song? I think it's Mr. a Bone tribute. Stripper. I'm going with it's it, a tribute. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, so anyway, that's how that's how they they execute people. That's how that that's what we find out about that. Um, so then they are invited up to the main house to have dinner supper as prisoners they get supper everybody sits there and the the supper is hot dogs but it's like have yourself a couple of dogs oh no you eat dogs no hot dogs um and they're not really hot dogs they're horribly horrible looking pale kielbasas um and uh there's a train that goes around the whole thing that spits out condiments whenever you want it uh, that train was also added. Uh, they shut down production because somebody had a, had a, had an idea. Hey, what if there was a train that spits out condiments? And Dan Oka says, I love it. Everyone go home. You guys make it. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll shoot the scene. And they lock, lost a whole day of production because in the middle of it, like somebody had, what was his idea? And Dan was like, I love it. Let's do it. And that's what he did with anyone, any idea anybody came to him with, which is why you go over budget. Um, I also just appreciate Ryan Sullivan's chat here saying you make a killer roller coaster, you give it a theme. He went the other yeah. direction of like, yeah. Yeah. if it's got to be that badass, you commission the song, right? Which is which is a fair thought, right? Um, this is uh, this is where we meet Eldona, who is uh, John Candy in drag, mm-hmm. playing John Candy, not in drag's sister, uh, uh, the granddaughter. She's a mute. She was struck. Deaf, stuck deaf at birth by a thunderclap is the, is what they say, which sounds so wonderfully like a folksy, like somebody would say that in 1870. Like, yes, it does. Struck, struck deaf at birth by a thunderclap, she was. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't know you could do that. I don't know. That was like, I'm sorry. If the first sound your child hears out of the womb is loud enough, they'll just be deaf for the rest of their life. I don't know. That, is that true? Um, sounds like it. Probably not true. But um, uh, uh, so she immediately is sweet on Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase uh, doesn't want to marry uh, or, or be having to do with John Tanny and drag. So there you go. Um, uh, this is where Fausto and Renata say we're not between we want to be treated like this. We are leaving and they run out the front door at go find him, catch him. And uh, they run through the thing and they go through the moat and they come up the other side. Um, 
uh, and uh, it smells like Sao Paulo, they say, the, the, moat, the moat does, which I thought was a funny joke. Um, and they come on the other side, and there's Dennis, John Candy, waiting for them. Like, you know you can't escape or whatever. Like, just let us go, please. Um, you need a vacation. Uh, you don't want, you don't like, you obviously you don't like, you, you don't like it here. You need a vacation, man. And, uh, and I think obviously you don't like it here is like, yes, Dennis, the character doesn't like it here, but also, um, John Candy doesn't like, like it here. here. No. <laughs> John Candy no. has having no fun. Layers, um, layers yeah. to that line. Um, so he lets them go. Just like that, yeah, just like that. Bye bye, <laughs> bye bye, Fausto and and Renata. The goodbye, and and this is where like John Candy starts to like. He's just leaving. He starts. He packs up all of his shit and he leaves at some point in the movie. Um, so after after dinner, Chevy Chase and Demi Moore are put in a room. Um, where they're you know like just supposed to stay the night, I guess, in a room together. Uh, she starts crying about like, why do I always pick the wrong guy? And then starts to make out with Chevy Chase. Well, like you're in the process of picking the wrong guy, sweetheart. Um, this is where we kind of find out that like she and Howard Suns were dating and, but we never find out anything about the rest of the Howard Suns thing. It's just so weird. Um, it's also just so annoying as like, especially in 1991, like she had a whole ass career and like a sense of self, but she's still just like, oh, the wrong guy. I'm so desperate. Let me make out with Chevy Chase in this sort of jail cell thing. Yeah. Like, it, it just reads really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, they they ended up, uh, she was like, oh, no, I can't do this. I'm making the wrong choice. I, I better go and lie down. And um, so she goes and lies down. Um, and uh, and later in the night, we see that they're both asleep in the same bed, fully clothed. Um, and then there's eyes looking through a portrait of John Candy and drag, but not that drag, a different drag, an older woman drag. Um, and so eyes are watching. And then they, the bed like flips over or something? Haunted, haunted house eyes, right. too. Like the side to side ones. The bed flips over? Pretty sure? Yes. And they spit them out, and they're running from down the hall or whatever. And then they get, they uh, they go up an elevator or something to the attic. They're in the attic. Somehow they 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 are they are allowed to leave the room. Um, and then they go up to the attic, and then in the attic is where we find all of these uh, IDs. There's all these newspaper clippings to go along with the IDs. They've been doing this um everybody who gets pulled over or whatever has been they've been doing this since like the 1890s um and uh one of the most famous one of course they find which i thought was actually the most clever thing in the entire movie is they find jimmy hoffa's id uh so that's what happened to jimmy hoffa and i thought that was that was really clever um uh but then they find a couple of skeletons and there's a little screaming thing. And then later you find that the next time you come back to them, they're smoking a cigar. And then uh, you hear John Cases, all right, hot shot. Good luck. Flips a switch, which opens a, a thing. 
and uh, <clears throat> they there's a slide, and and Chevy Chase rightly says that could just end up in a pool in a in a in a pit of spikes. We don't know where that slide goes. Demi Moore's like, I'm going, so she goes, and then he follows. But the slide like has a fork in the road, and it spits her out outside. She goes the right way. He goes the left way, and it's and it just drops him down into a pit of bones, just femurs, literally just femurs, though. Um, and from the bottom of his thing, he can look through a hole in a wall and sees the judge. Uh, I wish was a good looking fella, and uh, uh, he takes off a, the wig, which is his head is horribly misshapen. Um, and then this is where he takes off the the nose piece and you can see like basically it's just nothing underneath his horrible flesh disgusting but the, i guess we are to assume that one of the people that ran afoul of the judge was uh was murdered uh and then also the tip of his penis was harvested to fashion a new nose for the judge why somebody's nose wasn't harvested to fashion a new nose for the judge i don't know but we said penis nose somebody said penis nose and Dan Aykroyd said, that's a great gag. Let's Somebody do that. said, dick, this dick-nosed judge. And he was like, what go. if we make it literal? But I got to say, right. the prosthetic one looked like a chode already. So right. where he took it off. <laughs> right, but that's the, that's the whole <laughs> point. No, no, that, like, like that, but, but that, was, that was my point, is that, is that the prosthetic was made from a penis. Oh yeah, I'm just saying it, being it was obvious earlier than the the scene they no, want you to know it in. Like the very scene actually, the the one that was really <laughs> supposed to be obvious is the at dinner at the dinner table. Yes, where yes. where Chevy Chase like really peers at it and they have a close up of it and it's very obviously the tip of a penis. And uh, and I and that was the one like I don't know why that's a thing. Um, but anyway, uh, he also takes out takes off a wooden leg, gets into bed. Um. Uh, oh, this might. This is. I guess this is where they. The, the the speeders. Oh no no. Was it now? I don't remember. Um. Eventually they they pull up. This is why they they pull up the speeders. The speeders are Digital Underground, the rap hip hop group Digital Underground, yes. famous for the Humpty Dance. And as we all know, the Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. Of course. Um, yeah, uh, as we all know, um, and uh, they he's this is where we, we we obviously think Dan Aykroyd is going to do horrible things to this troupe of of black musicians. Um, but he says, uh, "Your musicians, well, I better see all this mu- all your musical items. Bring them out here." And he says, "Well, prove to me that you're actually musicians." And Digital Underground does a song. Uh, featuring Tupac Shakur. Legit. Um, and he was part of Digital Underground before he was Tupac, but it's a very different sound of hip-hop than what Tupac w- became famous for. Um, and <clears throat> <clears throat> um, it's just like a full music video of this song. It really is. Um, and um, D- Dan Aykroyd stands up and plays the organ <laughs> doing it, not this organ that he's wearing on his face? No, but no, no, no. Like an actual organ. Like organ. instrument, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, he's like, wow, that was great. You're all free to go. Um, this oh, is first, so weird because there's just no rhyme or reason to who lets go and who gets killed, like, at all. Right, right. But 
I think it's supposed right. to. I think it's supposed it's to be that chaotic. But it's, it's, a, just so it's supposed to be. Oh no! All of these black guys are definitely going to get killed by this right. country judge. Then, oh, but uh-huh. they're the only ones that he likes. Irony. Um, but I forgot also that before that happens, uh, Chevy Chase sneaks into the uh, the judge's house room while the judge leaves via a um, the giant hole full of femurs. Uh, and then the judge right. comes back because I guess he forgot something and they have a huge fight scene. And at one point he stabs the the the, the judge in the leg. He says, uh, sorry, banker. Uh, uh, I left that leg in France. Um, <laughs> we find out earlier also that the reason the judge hates bankers is because when he was in France, his grandfather was swindled by a banker who came through uh, investment real estate investment guy who got him to sign away the rights to the town, which is why the town is now a, a, a destroyed uh, former coal mine. Um, and so he's always hated bankers because of that. Uh, um, and um, I think it's a, a perfectly legitimate reason to, to have to hold a grudge is that while you were gone, sure. your grandfather got swindled and your town just got destroyed. Except uh, also, of course, in financial right. publishing and not a banker. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, not a reason to kill all bankers that you meet, but a reason to, to not to like bankers. Yeah. Um, uh, but this is also where you find out that there is a fire burning underneath Falconvania and has been for decades. Um, so they, he makes Eldona, he, Eldona decides she wants to marry Chevy Chase. The justice marries them to, to, so they could be together. And um, and there's uh, the, supposed to be wedding night festivities so that she preps him for by showing him all the lingerie she's going to wear, which, of course, horrifies him because she's fat. Because she's John Candy, but because she's because fat. She's, yeah. Really, yeah. Um, and, uh, um, but, but he pleads, screams out to Digital Underground, uh, who who play music for the wedding. Please help me. Please get me away from here. I can't be here. Right. And so that of course upsets the judge and the, 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 the Eldona uh, and more death. Now, as all of this is happening, there's a parallel story with Demi Moore out in the junkyard trying to get away while Eldona is in two places at once. Let's be honest. Yeah. She's doing all of this stuff with Chevy Chase while also using a welding torch to strip the the BMW for parts. Um, and this is where we meet Bobo and little Debo who are giant. This is where the, this is where the show, this is where the movie goes way off the rails. Yeah. They're giant babies. Like they're incredibly deformed, but they're giant. They wear huge diapers. Their, their torsos are way longer than they should be. They have huge round heads with little tufts of... They're giant deformed babies. And they have the intellect of toddlers. And uh, one of them is played by Dan Aykroyd literally because they could not find any other actor who would be willing to play the part. They cast one of the guys and then cast the other guy. And one of those dudes said, nope. And then they were like, Dan Aykroyd's like, well, I guess I'll do it. But he found it kind of uh, frustrating having to be two incredibly prosthetic, different characters. So you can you can't film 
scenes featuring Bobo on the same day that you featured scenes filming with the judge um, because Dan Aykroyd can't be both things on the same day. No, also, hours and hours, yeah. Hours and hours of prosthetic makeup, and also he had to direct everybody else while in full costume. Oh, God, that's, yeah, I didn't even think about that. He was like directing, too. You're directing everything. Imagine taking direction from a dude with a penis nose. <laughs> or, or, or a giant or baby. Giant, yeah, that was giant even baby. weirder, honestly. Giant baby. Um, uh, so they, they, of course, they fall in love with Diane. Um, she is captured by Eldona, and Eldona knows that that Chevy Chase actually has eyes for Diane. So she's going to murder her uh, by throwing her into the coal fire. Um, please, please don't throw her into the coal fire. We love her. Please let us keep her. And of course, Eldona does, and so they keep her in a cage and play. Some kind of card game is it slap, slap something like that where you, where you put your head, you slap your head down on on the d- double card or whatever. Was it war? The game war? War, whatever it is. Yeah. But like she also is telling him the, the wrong direction, the wrong, the wrong things. Right. Like, this is odd. Um, I, all of this. Finally, um, Chevy Chase escapes. So they so they're gonna hold her hostage until he comes back to get her. Otherwise, they're gonna decapitator or not decapitator well yes that also but quarter her with three giant road grader blades um and which is the thing they, they show it to her by by chopping up some watermelon um so he's able to escape by um he's able to escape by lighting his his blazer and shoving it into a, a barrel of oil and then rolling that barrel of oil into a stack of other barrels of oil, which explodes. So he's able to then come and get Diane uh, and they, they, run, they run and they are able to jump onto the back of a freight train and get away that way. Um, uh, in, so they, they, then we see them in a police station talking to Three pe- three guys, and one of them we find out later is the state attorney general. Right. So I, I guess they must have wound up in Harrisburg, sure. Pennsylvania, or or Trenton, New Jersey, whatever. What's is that the capital? Um, but like, uh, because I don't know why the, the, they bring in the state attorney general. Listen to this. Anyway, they they very quickly they come up with all this. They say everything that happened. Um, that is uh, in, a, in a comedic way of like talking over each other, back back on each other with the with the story. Like one of them right. gets to this point and is like, "Oh yeah, but there was that time because before that there was this thing." And they're talking at the same time, like doing a diagram Basically, of everything. Yeah, pointing out the absurdity, right, of it uh, along the way. And then and then the uh, the um, uh, the. The state attorney general says, "Well, you're going to have to come with us to, you know, to identify them when we go for the raise." Like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 no. Like this man, uh, four, like two feet in front of me, removed his wig, false teeth, and penis nose. He doesn't say penis nose; he says nose. Um, uh, I think I could pick him out of a lineup. Like, no, no, no you got to do it. We got to do this. Like, and Demi Moore's like, "No, we should. It'll be, it'll be better that way." Uh, so. There's a whole 
troop of state troopers, uh, troop of state troopers, um, and uh, and the the uh, state attorney general and his assistants, and they're all there, and they're going to do this raid. Come out, come out! Don't make us come in there over a loudspeaker. And Demi's like, I think we can get him to come out. So they walk up to the front gate for the front door, ring the bell, and opens up, and it's uh, it's Judge V. Valkenheiser and uh, and Eldona. It's like, what are you doing to an old man? Who are, what's all this racket out here? What's going on? Like, come on, drop the act, Judge. Uh, <clears throat> you know it's you. We got it. Like, um, <clears throat> come on, you, you know it's your jig is up. Uh, and he says, "Oh, you better look behind you. There's a bee's nest." Um, and they turn around, and all the all the stadies, and the and the attorney general says, uh, "Hi, Judge Alvin. Oh, all my friends are here. It's so great." And it's like, um, and the attorney general's like, "Well, you know, he does help us out a lot, and of course, we can't admit that we like the way he does things. So we're gonna have to all we're gonna have to kill you." Basically, says the attorney general, and all of these cops are there. Uh, and then that was the exact moment where uh, the coal fire hits uh, an, its apex underneath them, and there's explosions and fissures created, and Diane nearly falls to her death, and Chevy Chase is able to save her, and uh, the entire house, the giant old house, collapses into the ground. And they're able to somehow escape in the chopped up uh, 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 BMW that has, it's like, uh, there's no doors, no roof. Uh, let's go. And they drive away. Basically um, the Flintstone car. Yes. And they, <laughs> they, they get back to his apartment and she says she's going to go take a shower. Oh, I'm glad that's over. Um, and so he looks on the, on the, um, on the news and they start talking. There's a, there's a news report about it. Let's go live to Susan Castro on the ground. Uh, I'm here talking to one. Oh, uh, the, he says that, what did he say? The, the coal burning and then with the combination of all the chemicals created a perfect crude oil that is now there. Right. And I was like, oh, so that makes that means everybody there is rich. Um, uh, okay, that, I guess that's the end of it. Nope. Um, let's go talk to one of the people who lived here. Sir, how do you feel about your entire life being gone? Oh, and he turns around and it's judge. It's the judge. And he says, oh, that's all right. That's, a, that's okay. We're going to go live with my grandson-in-law. And he shows him the like the ID saying that's where he lives. Like, all right, banker, we're coming for you. And uh, this is where Chevy Chase uh, falls over backwards out of the couch and then runs so fast that he creates a Chevy Chase sized hole, a shaped hole in the in the in the wall, and says, uh, "No, you won't. You won't. You won't find me there." Uh, and and uh, it, and then they do a they actually do a full like that's all, folks. Um, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, I forgot. Also, we find out that John Candy has flown to Rio de Janeiro. And is now the head of security for Fausto and Renata and their giant mansion. Oh, he's also now Renata's lover. So John Candy got out okay. He did. And that's it. That's the movie. So apparently this is where Scooter says Bill Bill Murray is also in this scene. 
standing on the steps in a brown coat. I did not know about that. I didn't know that either. This was bad. Like the way this ended was not good. No, it was like they forgot what to, they didn't know what to do. Um, There's no pay. Hey, are you guys keeping these shows secret? The second one in two weeks, I found by accident. Every uh, every um, Friday, usually, hopefully, uh, yes. at, at noon Eastern, we're going to be doing one of these. So come back here, uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, and you'll always find out when we're streaming live uh, every Friday at noon. Yes. Thank you. And we yeah. talked about Thank it on Tuesdays too, because we. That's our big reveal day of letting you guys know what movie we're watching. That's true. Yeah. But this is only the second week we're live doing it. So if you found right. us, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. The ending was did not pay off any of this. Like it was, it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. There were at no point did everything we were building toward get paid off. I feel like like it was no. just. Like, no. even the idea that everybody was in on it didn't really pay off because they didn't have to escape from everybody. Right. It's just a bad right. movie. I mean, I think the, the, a lot of it is the, the, the solution to nobody will be one of your weird uh, giant baby characters in a diaper and pound, tens of pounds of prosthetics. Damn. The answer isn't, well, I guess I'll have to do it. The answer is... What if we didn't make them giant grotesque babies? They're not even that necessary of a character. Like they don't even they don't even need to be in the movie, but they certainly don't need to be giant grotesque babies because no. the only the only serve to be a sight gag for the four scenes that they're in. That's it. They don't do anything. You could have them be like weird like inbred cousins or something and they could you could do something with just makeup on the face they don't have to like because everything had to be so over the top um this was originally a lot darker and scarier and test audiences hated it so they they changed the tone of it so it used to be more of a horror thing but then they said no uh let's let's make it more you know lighthearted. let's give them a penis nose um and yeah that's yes uh yeah um they so dan Eckwood apparently sent written letters of apology to people <laughs> for how bad this movie was yeah i mean 40 million dollar budget yikes yeah um <clears throat> yellow boy asked if we watched stay tuned with john ritter we did i think about we did. We did. around 20 episodes ago i feel like this was around the halfway yeah. point we did we did that. Yeah, about that. Yeah. That true. was a pretty good movie. Yeah. A weird, pretty good movie. This was not. There's no confusion. <laughs> when John Candy was uh was entirely in character as Aldona for the first time, uh in, in drag, crew members would whistled at him, you know, haha. Of course. And apparently he said, Boy, the things I'll do for a million bucks. Uh yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so there. Yeah. Um, Aesthetically, this movie had some really cool things happening. Mostly yeah. the scene where they're driving. Yeah. Um, I used to kind of see the landscape, the haunted mansion that it's kind of set in is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. But nothing in the plot of the movie is. Can we honestly say is 
At least I I don't feel like I can say anything in the plot of the movie is very good. No, yeah. No. Yeah. It was, I just can't uh, imagine that, having Chevy Chase Demi Moore John Candy. Yeah. This is what you do. I, I will also say this. Dan Aykroyd was supposed to play a third role in the movie originally. He was supposed to play the Chevy Chase part and the judge. Now they added the Bobo thing later, but it's supposed to be Chevy Chase and the judge. Um, and and the studio was like, let's get Chevy Chase. He's a box office, you know, huge of box course. office star. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, and so that's the, that they did that. Um, so I can't imagine Dan Eckwood playing that part. Like that no, doesn't that seem be like so him. Weird. Also, in case Chevy Chase turned it down, the guy they were going to offer it to instead was Rick Moranis from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah! That wouldn't work at all. That's weird. So, like, there's, there's like, there's some, yeah, there's some, there's some, yeah. Like, no. like somebody I feel like who would work at this point in their career and actually be closer in age to Demi Moore would have been, like, Michael Keaton. I think he would have been, a, he would have been really good at, 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 at something like this. Um, he would have, sincerely, but I also just appreciate that you're such a Michael Keaton stand. That's true, I am. <laughs> you love Michael Keaton. I do. Steve when Martin, did Duplicity come out? Well, Duplicity, 1996. Uh, okay. So this yeah. was a few years before that. All right. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, that's it. Next week, guys, is our St. Patrick's Day special. Oh, we God, will be reviewing. We will be reviewing. We'll go, Kate will be reviewing one movie. I'm not going to tell you what yet. We have to wait till Tuesday to find that out. And I'll be removing, I'll be reviewing one, two, three, four, six movies. Next, what? Next Friday. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about this. This is breaking news. Yeah, I'm I'm reviewing six movies. And in case reviewing one. What's wrong with you? Lots. Lots. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm gonna say get the flick out of here. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean the I'm aesthetics sorry. are cool if that's your thing, or if you're just looking for something to get stoned and watched, but this was not a good movie. Twelve year old me would never forgive me for saying this, but I'm gonna have to say get the flick out of here. Uh next week. Uh spoiler alert, I'm also gonna say that. So <laughs> uh we'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.